going on everyone all about the data podcast we back with another guest you already know what it is i almost didn't get to make it here with y'all but it came through for the one <laughs> time so y'all already got all the hosts in the building and we got a new special guest kill in the building somebody mm-hmm. let's call it who's our special guest today and what we got going on uh everything <laughs> <laughs> You know, a myriad of different data roles in a in a complex lifestyle that involves numbers. <laughs> so, look forward to talking to the people. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. So let's go ahead and get this show started. Let's Let go ahead and <laughs> All right. So Jaquil is an experienced artificial intelligence and machine learning product manager, data scientist, and former business analyst with a demonstrated history of working in business analytics and data management. Um, as a data scientist, Jaquil was responsible for supporting the Verizon internal audit team with data analytics and automation. Um, this includes data preparation, data cleansing, data wrangling, data manipulation, anomaly detection, and providing data visualization for business insight. Um, he has extensive work experience across different industries, starting as a statistical analyst at GEICO before moving into his current position. And he's completed two bachelor's degrees, one in computer science and another in informatics, both from Mercer University. He currently attends Kennesaw, or I'm sorry, Kennesaw State University pursuing a master's in information technology. Well, that was a mouthful. Okay. You are very accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Loving it. Gas me up. Keep gassing me up. <laughs> got you. Got you. <laughs> Car ain't working, boy, so we got to gas you up. We got to gas them up. Okay. It's that. there. The work is there. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, though. Oh, now, uh, uh, you got you got the Discord community and all, too. So, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. it's yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, my Discord community isn't on your level, but, you know, we're trying to build a little something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you help you helping people that's the same level man it ain't it ain't exactly. about, about the, the impact so you know it's it's just as good and um and you're a part of the black tides too right that's yeah right. yeah so we gonna shout out to black tides we got two black tides in the building yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, get it started for today i want to ask you a question what made you get into tech in the first place? Like what brought you to data, brought you to tech in general? Yeah, so it's, it's funny, man. I, I started off working in customer service. So uh, during my time at Geico, I was on the phone, you know, old school answering calls, just trying to make a living. And um, I've always had an interest in numbers, data, analytics, just understanding what's the other side, how decisions are made. And um I actually reached out to a, a, a guy who's still a good friend of mine. He was one of the managers in my department at the time. And he told me, he's like, well, why don't you just present to the service department about some of the things you know and just come up with a presentation. So I'm in there scrambling, gathering data, like just random stuff and, you know, putting together what I think would make customer service better. I got And I was able to give that presentation and they actually created that statistical analyst role for me. So that was my mm-hmm. first break. Um, nice. And, and mm-hmm. from there, I was like, okay, how do I, you know, make this something bigger? Like, I hear about these folks that go on and do startups and, you know, make millions and, you know, have these grandiose impacts. And so that led me to the field of data science and, and I just started trudging from there. And, you know. Oh, so it's funny. I actually, I actually started in customer service too. Um, t- uh, went from t- tier one to tier two. So, um, with you starting in customer service, I know me, I started in customer service just because I needed a job, not really because I wanted to be in tech. Um, so for you, was it that tech was already part of the plan or you kind of just ended up in this space and you said, let me just shoot for the stars? I really flipped into it and just said, let me shoot for the stars. Uh, I, like I said, we've all, I've always been exposed to computers. I mean, it really goes back to my dad. He was uh, you know, he went to school for computer engineering. He ended up becoming a nuclear engineer. 
but he always exposed me to technology. Like, you know, come help me build a computer, you know, look at this new thing. Uh, so I always had an interest there, but I was kind of like, like you customer service. It was just, I need some money. You know, I got to pay this mm-hmm. rent bill. Um, and then, you know, I got that opportunity through him. And then I was like, okay, let me shoot for the start. How far can this really go? And then mm-hmm. I started seeing some of the numbers and I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to get there. <laughs> um, yeah. Sure. It, this is a little off topic, but I got to ask, like, how did you survive customer service? Uh. <laughs> I'm naturally a calm person under pressure. So even though someone may be upset or be, I don't know, they may feel some type of way about like for a guy, it was all about well, my premium went up or, you know, you canceling me. Yeah. I, I, my, my thing is <laughs> how do I problem solve that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Some problems aren't solvable. Like if we're canceling you, there's nothing we can do about that, but I can give you that information in the calmest way possible. And then it just makes you difficult to get upset at me, you know? Yeah. And so that's that was kind of my path. And you know, my biggest issue was is, I, I won't say the name of the company, but I worked for ISP and it will be an outage and the customer would be like, I need it working now. I'm like, what do you want me to do? It's an outage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely had a lot of pressure. I think the worst pressure I got there was, uh, I know like I would get a call and somebody's like, uh hey i'm on the side of the road the police are here tell them i have insurance and we've already canceled them (laughs) they already got canceled i'm like i can't do that (laughs) so that'll be the worst and the police will be like all right well gotta take you you don't have any insurance you just got an accident so yeah that's that's crazy crazy. but i'm I'm glad um this is actually interesting because this is going to lead right into my next question then um being that you kind of just more so got into tech support just for the job and saw another opportunity and said, you know, let me shoot for the stars. Um, do you feel like data in general is, you know, whether it's data analysts, data scientists, business analysts, business intelligence, do you think that degrees and certificate certifications are a necessity to transition into this role or can you transition into it and then focus on that later? Like what's your viewpoint on that? Answer, quick answer is no. Um, More elongated answer, I would say full disclosure. So when I moved into the statistical analyst role, did not have a degree yet and had a lot of foolishness going on at school. So, (laughs) you know, we don't have to go into that part, but, you know, was definitely not looking toward graduating anytime soon. And so that was, you know, they took a chance on me, but I think more companies probably need to do that. And I think people have the skill set without the degree anyway. I think it's more so about educating the person on how to use these particular statistical methods. How do I pull data? How do I report it? All that can Mm -hmm. be taught without, you know, any form of formal education in a sense. Um, A lot of people, you know, I know for a lot of people, my coworkers were OTJ folks, like on the job. They, you know, got thrown into a role to say, hey, you seem pretty smart. Here you go. Uh, you know, figure this system out, learn how to use it, and then publish a report by the end of the day. And, you know, folks figured it out. I mean, you know, there was a lot more on the job, I would say, you know, than it is today. But, yeah, I don't I don't think that a certificate, I think it can help, you know, a certification or a degree. I think it definitely can help, but I wouldn't say it's a necessity in today's landscape. Okay, so I um, I posted a, a tweet the other day that went viral um, about free resources. They were mainly YouTube. Um, I guess you can say they they were they were notable videos. They had views and lots of comments and things like that. So, do you think, kind of piggybacking off that question, do you think an individual could go on YouTube, look at those videos, get the skill, walk in and get the job? Depends on what job they're applying for. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I break it down into levels, right? So I think like a business analyst, data analyst role, I think personally, if you're practicing off YouTube and you're practicing on your own, I think you can do that job, you know, coming off of strictly online education, right? Um, I think as a data scientist, there's a lot of fundamental statistical stuff and background information that you have to know that you may not necessarily find online that may be something that you want to do more research. And, but even then, I mean, you could probably find it like in a Coursera or Udemy or, or some, you know, platform like that. But 
you know, I think that's where you kind of need more of an advanced education. But as a data analyst or business analyst, or even a statistical analyst, I think you could do that coming off the street. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I asked that because I know that's uh, some people's like, is this enough? And, you know, uh, yeah. you know, my comeback is always, you know, if you if you watched it, you practiced it, and you learned it, uh, shoot, all you got to do is just go apply, and that's how you're going to find out, you know, so... Yeah, Jay, it's, it's, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I got into a, I guess you would say a spat, you know, I would just call it straight argument, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the problem isn't uh, whether or not could you do the job coming off the street, it's whether or not you're going to be gatekeeped before you even get a chance to actually try to do exactly. the work. Uh, wow. So somebody's probably, uh, HM is probably going to have some bias from something else and hate on you before you even get a chance to actually practice the work because i i had to and what humbled me the most is once i finally broke into it you know a serious it business analyst role i spoke with a guy who was on the team he was more experienced you know higher grade than me everything and you know i asked him i was like you know well, where did you go to school at he's like oh i didn't go to school and I, i'm talking about this man knew everything like i was like okay let me take a step back because, you know, I'm thinking it's everybody with a master's or PhD at this level. But no, I mean, this man had no formal education. He was thinking about going to get his associate. Like, I think uh, I think that comes back to um, networking. Um, yeah, I think I think networking can kind of fill that gap in. in right. a sense, because yeah. most of most of the interviews I've been having, I haven't even applied to them. Most of them been like in. But if I apply to it, it's because somebody inside told me, like, hey, go apply now and, you know, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I think that definitely is a, a big asset. Um, so, but yeah, I appreciate that. Those definitely uh, were interesting answers that uh, I feel like people needed to hear because mm -hmm. they I'm so it's good for them to hear from somebody who's actually in the field doing it as I'm still somebody pivoting into it. So, um appreciate that so yeah let's get back to the show keep it going keep it flowing yeah so going back to the introduction you've been a data scientist you're now a product manager and you're also um, a statistical analyst like could you tell us more experience like your experience in each role and which one you like best yeah so i guess i can go into like you know what were the responsibilities and what did i uh, actually doing them and then i'll definitely talk about which one of the best i'll tell y'all well i guess i'll tell y'all top uh probably <laughs> data scientist is the best because i love mm -hmm. data science but i have mm -hmm. a mug here that has nothing but data science stickers on it i don't know if um, but um so statistical analyst that was again it was spe specifically on customer service metrics so there i'm pulling reports um you know publishing different you know uh, different presentations or whatnot. And, you know, I'm identifying opportunities for that particular department. So if I see, you know, let's say random metric is call handling time, right? That's how long you're mm -hmm. on the phone. If, you know, I see that, you know, traditionally we average, you know, 360 seconds and now we're at 400, you know, I'm pointing that out to the team and saying, hey, how do we close that gap? You know, is there something in our process that's potentially taking too long? So that that was that role. As a business analyst there, I was more so writing business requirements and thinking of how do I move my own particular product? And that's actually what prepped me for product management. Mm -hmm. So I own the online channel of when a customer goes to our online platform, what does that look like and what does that flow for them? Uh, mm -hmm. If they want to, you know, add a driver or add a vehicle, what does that flow look like and how do I improve? Uh, engagement in that process. Uh, data scientists, there is more about finding problems and, you know, <laughs> if I can put it in layman terms, snitching on people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm finding, you know, I'm finding inconsistency within the data. So I'm finding mm -hmm. any anomalies or, or I'm getting the assignment from the team to say, hey, we want you to look into this. Can you do a deeper dive and give us more information mm -hmm. about it? Uh, so I'm using, you know, that's where I'm using my Python, SQL, you know, thinking of ways I can either clean the data or manipulate it to give them whatever cut of the data that they want to see. Uh, and then now as a, a PM there, I'm more so looking into um, different areas of the business and seeing how we can place already created or newly created 
artificial intelligence, machine learning tools within that particular area of the business and what does that impact look like? Uh, but data scientists was the best. Yeah. So can, so can I do a spin over real quick on that? How did you get into the data science part of that? Like, did you start off as a business analyst and you got into data science? Like, what did you study? Like, was it like the statistics? And Give me a book because I like data science. <laughs> uh, you want to like, what was my education process like? Yeah. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I did some, I did study, um, but I'm a slacker. So I'm not one of those. I'm not going to sit here in front. Like I just, you know, picked up every book. Um, I know a lot of the fundamental books, like I would say definitely get a Python, you know, book that you have in your repertoire. Um, and, you know, again, like uh, Jay was saying, you know, if you can find Python online at YouTube, I think that's a, a heavy hitter. I definitely did that. You know, I think I did that before I even got into statistical analysts. Um, so I did Python online and then I did a lot of SQL stuff. Um, and then of course I got that practice on the job. And so, mm-hmm. um, but mainly I was, I'm a YouTube guy. I like, even mm-hmm. now there's a TV behind me. I'll, I'll click it on. I'll type in, uh, let's see. I hate to shout these people out, you know, I don't, but I'll turn on Ken G and then I'm, I'm just, you know, turn around and I'll watch that on the TV and see what he has to say about the news. Shout out to Ken. I'm trying to get him yeah, on. Yeah, I watch him too. Yeah, yeah. I'll no, get, get him on there. Yeah. He, he's awesome. Uh, and G's like trying to reach the president right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I definitely turn him on. I'll turn on uh, Data Science J. I don't know if y'all are hip to him. I'll turn on. Uh, Jay. Oh my God, Jay Mon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you got a, you got a, yeah, you got a competitor out there. <laughs> uh, oh Analytics, yeah. Jay. Yeah, yeah, I turn on uh, Tina Wang. She has a very good channel. Yeah, I like her. And Seattle Data Guy. I don't know if y'all are hip to him. He's, he's a pretty good one, too. Yeah, what about I, for statistics? Uh, statistics that was through through my formal education. So I actually mm-hmm. took a statistics one, and then a probably a statistics course for engineers because I started off with this grandiose idea I was going to be a chemical engineer, and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so I think I got yeah, PTSD yeah. from uh, undergrad stats. That's right. Yeah, take a second look. Like, okay, I remember I, t- I took stats, but I dropped out shortly thereafter. So I ain't much memory going. No, that one took me for a loop. That one came from left field for me because I thought I was good at math. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what is yeah, this? If you aim for the data scientists, so aim for the data scientists, it's going to come back. Because uh, yeah. my end goal personally is, you know, I like data scientists and PM and, and whatnot, but I would like to try to get in the research sciences track because that's, that's mm-hmm. a little bit dollars off. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. Oh, Shanice, you continue with your question. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had lost the outline. Okay, I'm back. Um, so <laughs> what were some of the challenges that you faced in each one of your roles? Oh, well, that's where that gatekeeping comes back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely ran into a lot of that. Um and and so for me, my gatekeeping experience was more so not telling me about opportunities that live within mm-hmm. the company. So like, you know, I'm always big on like catching a free training or catching a free, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rotation opportunity or something like that. And, you know, in my experience at previous companies, they were blocking that from me. You know, I would hear somebody else, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in the data science track. I'm getting ready to graduate the program. I'm like, what program? Are you, talking about? Mm-hmm. you know? And so that that was definitely a hurdle. Um, and how I got over it is just doing it on my own. Uh, mm-hmm. Just saying, you know what, I'm going to set up my own curriculum. I'm going to do my own, you know, courses. I'm going to learn this on my on my own. And then, you know, when it when the time comes and you're like, hey, you know, you can't think you're an excellent fit for this role. I'm like, oh, well, I got such such on the line. And they offered me 30K morning, what you got. So now yeah, what? Exactly. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's that's how I've always played that. Um, so definitely that gatekeeping problem. Um, coding is hard. You know, I think people try to simplify and make it seem like it's, you know, oh, it's real easy. You know, anybody can do it. Uh, it's not an easy task. So uh, giving myself grace to make mistakes. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, are, you know, they're high pressure, like I got to do this in the next three months. Give yourself some grace. 
learn how to take, you know, take an L. Um, I know for me that happened with coding and it happened with the interview process because I mm-hmm. would get upset. I'm like, I'll probably have 100 jobs. I know I have the skill set. Why won't you at least give me a call back? Um, mm-hmm. And I got mad, you know, I got mad, but I had to learn how to say, okay, you know, how can I ask for feedback? How can I, you know, get a response on that, um, you know, on that experience? And then how can I deal from that? Um, so, yeah, I definitely had the the negative interview experience and then the gatekeeping, I think, were, were, were big challenges. Um, and then, like I said, just coding in itself was difficult. So, oh, thank you. I got a monster delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any uh, challenges when it came to learning SQL? Uh, SQL? No. And I honestly don't know why. Um, (laughs) It came to me me pretty naturally. Like, even now, I mean, I look in the channel and I see people, you know, post every now and then. I'm like, you know, either I'll get distracted at work or something, but I'm like, I know the answer to that question. You know, I'll, I'll try to get it in there real quick. But, you know, it, it came pretty naturally to me. I, I don't know why. What The beast for me is Python. And even to this day, I'm mm. not, if, if the interview involves Python, I'm like, ah, here we go. You know, <laughs> like, what, what elements, you know, what do you want to yeah. know? Um, and even with like R, like that language there, I mean, it's a little complicated, mm. but, you know, I have a decent understanding there. Uh, but yeah, no, SQL was was decent for me. Got it, got it. Which database do you use now, or, or did which uh, one? Did you... I didn't hear the second part of the question. Uh, which one do you use now? Which one did you start with? Uh, like the architecture of the database or the language? Uh, the language like Postgres or or or. Oh, or okay. I got you. Yeah, we're uh Postgres SQL. Yes, <laughs> we also use a uh, Hive QL too because we do have some stuff that lives in HiveDB. Uh, okay. Awesome, awesome. That's good because I've been on my Postgres five. So <laughs> good, yeah. Been on yeah, most interviews. Uh, I can say this as an interviewer. Most interviews are going to be in Postgres SQL. I don't. I don't think I've had any NoSQL or anything else. Uh, and it was a T sequel, so that's good to know. That's good to know, yeah. So I can that's a good thing because I mm-hmm. all I've been studying lately, I said I'm gonna specialize in that, so that's even best to know. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. come to you, so don't take it easy on me when you interview me for the job position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I got you. Listen, I, I'm not one of those trying to trick you in there. I hate that too. That's, we'll, mm-hmm. get <laughs> we'll get that. Um, I know you mentioned you, so you went from business analyst to data scientist to now product manager. So uh, when you made those changes, uh, what kind of prompted you to quit or make the jump to a different career track? Money. That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Appreciate the transparency. Uh, no, money definitely was a, was a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to box myself in. So right. as a business analyst, you know, the, and once you kind of get to a senior level, the progression is another role. Um, so, I mean, you mm-hmm. could, you know, either become like a product owner or a PM, or uh, you could maybe step into a program management role that depends on, you know, the, how your levels are set up at your company. But um, so I knew that, okay, once I top out at this, I was like, what am I doing next? You know? Yeah. Um, and so, again, I wanted to get more hands on and actually, you know, in the weeds of things. So that's where data science kind of came back into the forefront for me. And then I was, uh, of course, reading articles like everyone else, you know, it's the hottest mm-hmm. job of the 21st century. And all, right. That, you know, all right. Well, let, let's see if I can get in there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's where I got that opportunity. And then data scientists to the AIML product manager, I actually don't. Money was, again, a, an influencer in that, but I think it mm-hmm. was more about the impact I would have on, a, you know, on the overall landscape of the business. I felt as like a data scientist, you have you have a good level of autonomy and you get to make decisions. Right. But mm-hmm. I think a PM probably sits a little bit above that in terms of the respect given to that decision made. And so gotcha. I wanted to have more of that, you know clout in a sense i uh, (laughs) totally understand and then i have a question so for as so when you went from data scientist to the ai slash ml pm 
what skill is in between where is the common skill in between those two positions like what prepared you for the ai ml aspect of it you know y'all y'all are gonna be surprised by this there was no real change in my skill set so i think a lot of people think you know oh well you have to know machine learning and yeah i I came in there and i was like i knew about modeling you know i know about the code and like what makes it go um Mm -hmm. because as some of my data scientists work we had to review models to make sure they were ethical and functional before they actually go into product. So I did do some of that, right? But I wasn't coding or changing their model or doing anything. All we do is tell them, hey, I think that looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but when I moved into AIML, um, I didn't necessarily, you know, do anything different with my skill set from that. Uh, I mean, I just translated that straight over and they were like, you know, hey, we'll kind of build you up. We understand you're not mm-hmm. a modeler, you know, because in the product management position, you have data scientists under you. So they actually do the coding of the model, understanding, you know, what method, you know, what techniques they want to use, et cetera, et cetera. All I do is tell them, this is what we need the model to do. Here's the function, you know, and how do we get that from zero to one? How do we get that to actually operate within the system? You know, what is the deployment going to look like? What is testing going to look like? Uh, You know, what are some of the roadblocks? How do I remove them? What data do you need? What do we need from data engineering? I handle that conversation. But no, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't out here uh, learning. Uh, I don't know. I'm taking a class in this right now, so I should know this. What's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a random technique? Like, uh, oh, man, my mind, my mind is escaping me, but. You know, I wasn't learning all those, mm-hmm. you know, all random foresting and, you know, yeah. decision trees. Like, I'm not, nah, huh? <laughs> uh, that's very surprising. And I think that actually, like, by you saying that, that take a lot of pressure off of people mm-hmm. who are like wanting or designed to go into that field because Shanice and I were actually talking about that. And in the back of my mind, I really thought there's like something that you had to do as in addition to as far as like the the things needed for a data scientist to qualify mm-hmm. for AI ML. So saying that, that kind of like, okay, take a breath. Yeah, yeah. it definitely helps to know it. I mean, because you are right. going to communicate with them on a day-to-day basis. So I do need to know, you know, when a data scientist is talking about this or he's showing me his document because they'll create markup documents to explain the model. So I need mm-hmm. to know, okay, this is what technique he used. Here's the statistical reason why that makes sense. And then, you know, here's the output we expect or here's the accuracy of the model today. You know, okay. how do we track that accuracy going forward? No, the good thing, though, is and this is why I wish that jobs were more open to training, because it's like learning is you're taking your course on the outside, but you're also learning while you're working. Yeah, so yep. it's like you're reinforced both ways. You see it. You see it when you're in the class and then you see it again when you're at the job. So it's like. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel like that's the best way to do it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get paid to play. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then they pay for the school, so I don't have to pay for that either. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. And then, um, so within your, you know, navigating those different job titles, how was your salary uh, negotiation experience? Oh. I know that subject is taboo. Um, no, know, it's it can be controversial. definitely not here. Uh, Jay, I don't know how often you come into my Discord, but I'm very vocal and honest with how much money I make. Okay. <laughs> so, so nah, I, I tell people all the time, like, we can talk about money. I, that's one of my first, you know, any mentee that meets with me, that's one of the first conversations I have with them is how much money are you looking to get? And, you know, how do we get that? Um, so in my salary negotiation, I'm always asking for the most. And so I'm coming in, I'm saying, hey, you know, well, what's the range or what's the budget you have for this particular position? They come out and say, hey, well, you know, right now we're maxing out at 140. And, you know, OK, you know, if if 140 is feasible for me, you know, we'll continue the conversation. But I'll normally let them know, yeah, the conversation with me is going to start at 160 for me mm-hmm. to leave that company. You know, right. and so that oh. gives them a, a hard number of, OK, that's where we start talking at. That doesn't mean he's going to leave for 160. No, because in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, I want the conversation to start at 160, but I really want 170, 175, 180, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to see how hard you're going to work to try to get me away from my phone. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't have the confidence to even like. Which, uh, which, cert- which certification I need to get like that? 
<laughs> that's no certification. That's just <laughs> give me what I want. I need them dollars right there, man. No, I just <laughs> I just had a uh full, again, full disclosure. I just had an interview. I'm not gonna name the company because I don't want to out them, but <laughs> had a had an interview with a company, told them, hey, you know, I'm looking to beat, I think I might say I'm looking to beat 160. And they were like, hey, you know, well, we got, uh, we can do 140 and then we'll give you a 10%, mm-hmm. uh, $10,000 sign on bonus. So mm-hmm. I appreciate your time, but I, you know, I have to go in a different but direction. Since we talking about salary, I want to know, like, what is, what should someone expect trans pivoting into data? Like, what should they expect as, as a beginner when it comes to salary? What number should they look at? I think a solid number coming into you're fresh off the street, your first data analytics role. I would say probably 75 is a good minimum. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to look for 85, 90. Okay. You can get that. I mean, I think, you know, now, of course, that's going to vary by location. If you're in San Francisco, right. I'm telling you, you get 120, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. California crazy. Yeah, or New York, <laughs> you know, D.C., y'all need to get 110, you know, and above. You right. Get, get your cheddar. So, um, <laughs> No, but I would say probably 75 is a, is a strong first-time offer. Uh, of course, you know, if that's commensurate, again, experience and education. Yeah. And I, you got a PhD, you need to get your money. So. so how was your experience coming from customer service to being a statistical analyst? Like, was your negotiation, like, that heavy then as it is now? That's a good question. No, it was not. I just mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> I wanted to get off that phone so bad. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's it's more money, you know. Hey, I'm gonna just jump into it. And then um back to that individual who gave me that first opportunity, I had a conversation with him, like, you know, what is it like? You know, because he obviously makes more money than me. Like, what is it like being mm-hmm. a manager, you know, getting your money and everything? And he was like, Well, how much you know you asked for? And I was like, I asked nothing, I just took it. Mm-hmm. Like, you ain't, you know, we ain't asked yeah. them, you know, you got a you got a real rare skill set, like you should ask them for more money. After that, after that experience, I was like, all right, well, I ain't gonna ask me again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, don't worry about it. You know, I'm going for yeah. it. I feel like it's a hump that you have to get over because a lot of people who like they haven't done it, they mm-hmm. it's like they kind of they're apprehensive. But once you do it that first time, it seems like everybody's like, well, you know, you get you get over that being uncomfortable. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like worst they can say is no, and absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. That that's how that's what I've all that's the energy I've always taken into it is mm-hmm. the worst they could say is no. And if they tell me no and I know it's a reasonable number, well it's time for me to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Everyone's mm-hmm. hiring. Exactly. That's true. Mm-hmm. So what advice can you give um to people that want to I guess net network internally at their job? So like you networking with your coworkers. I know it's kind of a thin line of between you getting, you know, too close networking, coming familiar and, you know, somebody trying to oust you and things like that. Yeah. No, that's a very good, very good point. You know, I tell, I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday, be selective with who you pick to have that conversation with. So Mm -hmm. if you want to have a conversation with, Hey, I'm trying to learn about, you know, your particular job or what it's like to be in that role. Pick the person that you feel most comfortable having that with. Like, you know, mm-hmm. don't go pick the person that's going to snitch to your manager and make it messy and tell mm-hmm. your director and, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Like, no, first, so be selective with that person. And then I just communicate like, hey, you know, I had someone actually do this to me. They recently said, hey, you know, Jaquil, you know, I, you know, I know you're over there on that team and you're doing a lot of this work. When you get a chance, can we grab a few minutes to talk about that? And that's when they, you know, in that few minutes is when they start introducing their questions, trying to, you know, pry a little bit more information. I know they're interested in joining the team. You know, I know he wants to leave his team to come over here. But, you know, that's typically how I would feed that conversation as well is, hey, mm-hmm. you know, John, I know you're over there. You know, you're doing a lot of work in that research side of space. When you get a quick moment, can we have that conversation, you know, have a little mm-hmm. bit more of a conversation about what you do day to day and what is that like, you know? Because you want to softly bring that in and then, you know, once you kind of have them hooked and you're answering questions, then that's when you say, hey, what do you think about, you know, putting in a, a word for me? Mm-hmm. So 
Let, I, I want to do a, I want to do a spinoff on that. So, so actually, I'm doing this right now is um like I just got a job as a revenue cycle analyst and like literally they don't they don't this guy here they don't use no <laughs> SQL they don't use no like Power BI or nothing they literally use Excel and they copy and paste everything it's like four old people it's like Ooh. and it's terrible it's a terrible situation it okay. takes like two hours to do something that can literally take five minutes on Power BI. So me personally, I'm coming into this org organization. I'm like, you know what? Let me learn more of my Power BI and see if I could put all these Excel spreadsheets on a dashboard. But I know the stakeholders already made an Excel spreadsheet and things like that. So I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to ask is, have you ever navigated trying to, I guess, transition maybe stakeholders or a team over into some new type of technology? And how would you recommend doing that since I'm trying to do that right now? <laughs> yeah, no. So we, we, yeah, we've definitely had that experience where people don't want to adopt, you know, modern uh, mm-hmm. items that kind of, you know, stagnant and static with their old, pro- you know, outdated process. I won't say old, outdated processes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the way you navigate it is the way you're already kind of setting it up and, you know, I do like, I love presentations, right? So I go ahead and say, hey, you know, you guys are using Excel for whatever, you know, we're going to continue to do that. But, you know, when you get a chance, you know, hey, you know, I'll ask the manager, can I get 10 minutes in the meeting to just show something new? You know, mm-hmm. they don't need to know what that is. And when they pull up and see Power BI, they're going to be like, I done told you, kill. But, but you know, <laughs> it's up now. You know, now everybody sees it. Exactly. So, I mean, so, you know, now I say, uh, you know, I walk them through my Power BI slides. They see, oh, man. And, you know, and I also present to them how you mentioned that efficiency gain. I put that in the presentation. So I say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, today this takes us three hours. If you were to use Power BI, this would take us 30 minutes. If you use Power Automate, this would take us three minutes because you would only have to click a button and it would do tell Power BI to do everything else. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's how that conversation goes. That's his that's nickname. We call him Power Automate because he's so fast. <laughs> yeah. I be trying to automate everything, man. <laughs> no, Power Automate is a real thing. <laughs> it's an office. So it got so try to automate his sleep with it. Oh my god, this guy here! <laughs> yep, trying to knock myself right out. Program <laughs> like, oh my god, far. If they if they don't want to listen to you over there, you know. I don't want to recruit you, but uh, you know we got this. I hold you to that part because I'm definitely looking for something, so I'm holding to that because I'm trying to get my hand more in Python and um because I don't use Python too much, but I'm trying to get my hand more in Python and use my SQL skills and and the Power BI skills that I do have. Excel is all right, but I'm not into copying and pasting. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it ain't paying 75k. I tell you that much. <laughs> so, yeah. we'll we'll talk after this meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, um, we, we could definitely clip that 75 number, but that mm-hmm. that's after the meeting. <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna eat that." <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but as far I I guess shoot, look now we just bleed into the next question. How do you feel about the importance of like mentorship and networking, like in sponsors in your career and stuff? Yeah, you, might, you, you might be my mentor. So go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we always keep the door open here. So no, I mean it's it's been a a huge part of where I am today, and I and because of that, I give a lot of credit to those who took the time out to say, hey, you know, I see something special in that guy. Let me invest a few extra moments to have a conversation with them. Uh, even I mean, even now, now that I'm at a higher level, I still see, you know, individuals above me, you know, VPs and stuff. And I'm like, man, I want to get, you know, to where he's at, where he's in the corner office for three hours and going home <laughs> and, mm-hmm. his, you know, <laughs> in his fly car. Like, you know, I'm trying to do that, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think mentors help with, they help you with the guidance, right? And then they also help you understand the landscape of the industry today. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are confused. You know, they get into, you know, the role or they want to do this. And we're not explaining what the industry looks like today for an entry-level person. I can explain that. So you see a bunch of jobs, right? You go on LinkedIn, people see, oh, it's ten to 15,000 data jobs out there, right? You're an entry-level person. What's happening is, 
80% of those 10 to 15,000 data jobs are for people with what? Five years of experience, Mm -hmm. seven years of experience, 10 years of experience, right? And so we're telling you, hey, I got, you know, 40 data jobs at, you know, TT time company, come, you know, put in an app and then you're getting a denial. And now you're like, why did I get denied? You know, Jaquil just told me, as long as I do what I do, I apply, we're going to be good. That's because they haven't appropriately explained the industry to you. And what's happening is you have this funnel. We have very few entry level jobs, a middle bucket, you know, of jobs, mm-hmm. right? For the moderate three to five years experience. And then you have a ton of five plus mm-hmm. year jobs. And they're all messaging me saying, hey, Jaquil, we'd love for you to join the team. You know, here's 170 plus, you know, 25,000 sign on bonus plus, you know, 20% stock. And I'm like, I'm not looking for anything right now, but I appreciate mm-hmm. your time, you know, mm-hmm. and then I push it on to you and you like, I apply, but then I get a deny. It's because, again, that five year, you know, seven year experience barrier. But, you know, we have a ton of entry level talent who's really skilled and I personally believe could do the job, but we're only giving them three openings. You know, mm-hmm. so if you have 500 people for three openings. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? You're going to have 497 folks that are very upset. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have people that are either quitting the data industry or they're saying, you know, this is worthless or they're coming on Twitter to trash, you know, black tech Twitter because y'all are all posting your salary and your offer letter. <laughs> and now everybody's upset. But it's because they're going through that experience. And so we have to be very honest and transparent or my option is be honest and transparent and open up more entry-level jobs and be willing Mm -hmm. to have that education on the job, you know. Mm -hmm. So so mentorship helps you navigate that a lot. With with that being said, I think that's a good point with the navigating, but I want to touch on the experience part. Um, So you you interview people. Um, Are you the hiring manager or you just do the interviewing? I just do the interviewing. Okay, so as an It's like a committee. so yeah, I'm coming yeah. to you, right? and I say, you say, oh, we're looking for somebody three to five years experience. I say, okay, oh, I, I got three to five years worth of projects I worked on. Do you count that as experience? What are the, pro- the projects related to data? To data, yeah. Like I got like I got SQL and GitHub. I got dashboards I created. I got... I'm giving Excel. you a shot. I'm giving you a shot. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say that. I know you would. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't say that for every hiring manager. And, and that's also problematic, right? So mm-hmm. every hiring manager has their own sliding scale for what they'll accept. Like, for example, like I know for my first role, I think it was asking for, it may have been as that five-year barrier again. And I think I was at like year three or five or four. And she took me, you know, and, and you know, she mm-hmm. took me on and, and, I never heard nothing about that five-year rule again. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, depending on the HM, and that's where I'm a big proponent of reaching out to HMs and having a conversation saying, hey, I know you posted the role and it says, you know, seven, eight years experience in this particular, you know, I have five, but I really believe I can do this. You know, is that going to be a problem? You know, would I be able to pass through an interview or, you know, is that a hard stop? You know, if they have six years, we're going to throw the resume out. and See what they say. I think more HMs would be receptive to that type of conversation uh, than people think. But, you know, of course, we're all trying mm-hmm. to, we're just trying to get a job. So if we're applying, you know, we're going ahead first. Um, okay. <clears throat> yes. uh, it's a case-by-case scenario. Um, yeah. Something you know, I, I believe that you just got to keep going and you'll eventually, you'll eventually land the job. Like, you know, we got somebody in our Discord who put in 150 applications before he got job so you know you just got to keep keep going with it but um so i i have a two-part question here um what what motivates you to keep advancing in your career and also what are some things that you do to like stay current with your skill set and everything uh so what motivates me to keep going is one i would say family Right. You know, I definitely want to provide a lifestyle for my family where, you know, they can really relax. I mean, my wife doesn't work, you know, and I'm happy it's that way. You know, mm-hmm. I want, 
you know, I tell her, and I don't go down there and, you know, start wilding out at Kip's Plaza or nothing. But I mean, I'm happiest that way. You know, I can carry all the bills and I want to continue to move in my profession where I can continue to do that. Um, and, you know, at a level to where it's now, it's like, okay, now I can invest and, you know, create generational wealth big on all of that, mm-hmm. you know, especially for my daughter. So uh, that's one thing that inspires me. But number two, I love seeing, you know, I want to keep being an example for everyone else because I love seeing that, you know, hey, Zakir, you know, I, you know, I, I just got my first offer at such and such company as a data analyst. You know, hopefully I'll be a data scientist like you one day. Like, I love that, uh-huh. you know, because I'm trying to, you know, get I want you to, you know, be receptive to the mentorship, have a good time, you know, find your first role. And then I want you to take that and pick someone else back up. So I love seeing that journey. And, you know, hopefully I can get to a level where. Now I'm not just mentoring folks. You know, I'm saying, hey, I got, you know, six or seven openings on my team. You guys apply for it. And then, you know, I'm directly interviewing you. You know, hey, yeah. we're going to put such, such in this role, you know. So that's where I want to land. You know, I want it to be, you know, where I'm making that decision to say, yeah, I know you got, you know, you want this person PhD and 80 years of experience. We're going to go ahead and take <laughs> Jay over here who, you know, has these applicable projects and knows probably what he's doing. He just hasn't gotten exposure to this particular company or what mm-hmm. they do in their data landscape. I'm going to take him, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I want to be able to make those decisions and bring more of us on, especially black people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so. I love it. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was part two to the question I didn't answer. What was the other part? <laughs> it was um, what are what are some things that you do to like stay current with your skill set and the industry overall? Oh, okay. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm heavy on the community. Uh, so like, you know, obviously the discord community you have, I'm in there being nosy. Y'all may not see me post, but I'm being nosy, uh, mm-hmm. seeing what, what's new out there, what books people are posting, what, um, what quick YouTube videos they're posting. So I'm definitely staying in tune with that. Uh, Tableau posts a lot, posts a lot of stuff about their community. So I'm signing to the virtual user group, seeing what people are doing new, uh, you know, seeing some, some, you know, different inputs. And then within the company, we have this thing where we share information. So we have our own, you know, slacks and, and groups where we, we have a data science slack, a machine learning slack where people just post stuff, you know, Hey, here's something new I learned, you know, and it's quick tidbits. It could be something like, you know, mm-hmm. I learned that if you put this quick piece of code in here, this is what happens. Or it could be, you know, here's my you know entire model, you know, check this out when you get a chance. I'm like, okay. You know, that's a weekend thing, you know, but I'm setting aside <laughs> time to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. click through that and see and share my own experiences there. Uh, so definitely uh, staying in tune with, with a lot of the trainings and, and community opportunities. I know, I think Looker may have a community too, because we use that as well. Um, and so, how do you, how do you like- what'd you say? I was saying, how do you like Looker? I haven't even like looked at that interface yet or anything. Very fluid. Looker has the feel of a mobile app. So mm-hmm. imagine if you had your Tableau set up or Power BI set up, but it was more fluid and you could just click buttons to do quick functions. So uh, it's, it's very fluid, very fast, powerful. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little... It's a little tweaky, like it can break, you know. And I think that's that's the you know probably the con there. You know, if you don't have it set up, we're we're newly introducing it, and so that could be something on our end that you know, maybe I'm not privy to. But um, but for the most part, it's it's pretty fast and and it does all the functions. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is a, a more personal question as as we get ready to uh, wrap it up here. Uh, for someone going back to school and they want to get into the data world, what degree would you recommend they go for? It depends on where you want to go in the data world. So I think if your focus is, you know, data engineering, data scientists, data analytics, I'm going to say go get a master's of science in data science. Um, and you know, or a bachelor's of science, depending on where you're at, you know, in your educational path. But I would say, you know, try to focus there. If you don't, if you the programs you're looking at doesn't have that available or, you know, whatever the case may be. I know I did my bachelor's in informatics and that taught me everything I need to know 
to at least, you know, get functional in data science and, do, you know, move on forward. So I would recommend a bachelor's in informatics as well. Um, I think a bachelor's, my brother-in-law, he has a bachelor's in mathematics. I think that's very applicable. He works as a data analyst today. Um, and my last option would be a bachelor's, of course, in computer science is going to give you uh, a lot of those fundamentals. You may still need to pick up on the stats part, but, you know, you can manipulate your, your degree path mm -hmm. to do that a little bit. So what 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 certs and studying for somebody that's not going to school? Because I don't plan on going back. <laughs> so could you recommend any certs or study? Don't listen to him, guys. Going back, we're still working on it. No, he's going back on my behalf. So <laughs> you know, data, data analytics is such a uh, data analytics and data science is such an odd industry that search to me they don't really do as much for you as you know certain other pieces of tech like cybersecurity. I know those folks are certain like mm -hmm. um, or you know like if you're in project management you know there's a lot of and, and even if you're thinking about product a lot of the project management search will help in that space too um, but if you're thinking more so like you know data scientists data analysts I would focus more so on the visualization search that you can get so like if you can get uh, a Tableau desktop search if you can get um, one of the tools I know we use it's called Alteryx. It's more of an automation tool. Mm -hmm. But if you can get mm -hmm. certification in that, um, I think that would definitely help you out a lot. Um, I mm -hmm. think. You said it's called Alteryx? Yeah. yeah. We have someone coming it. on who's in, yeah, Alteryx. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so Alteryx, I would, I would recommend that. Another thing you can think about doing, um, I know uh, a couple of mentees are doing this. Like I know Google has their, um, you know, data analytics cert that you can get now. I think that's helping out. It's still a little new, so I don't know how that's going to help you from the, you know, I don't know how HMs respond to that just yet. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't had nobody apply with one yet. Mm -hmm. I would take it as, okay, I, well, you know, you know, something. But, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like 60% done with it. I haven't finished it yet because I okay. got a job. So that I had to start learning stuff for the job. So, <laughs> okay. No, yeah, I think I, that's good spoke to one recruiter that um when i first finished that and they they said it was a good look but i think it's just because it's the google name but right. one mm -hmm. program is they do kind of put you into their whole like job list thing like you have access to their exclusive job board thing so oh okay yeah so, that, yeah, so, so i know ibm has one too i haven't done mm -hmm. that um yeah and i their data science one because between you and the last guest that we had you guys had me being interested in data science because you know i'm also into marketing so when i hear about forecasting i'm like like mm -hmm. my mind running marketing there, so. there's a plenty of marketing data science teams and there's data scientists in marketing uh that's an, we'll have to have another episode as mm -hmm. i explain yeah. the many facets yeah. of data scientists you can be <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh no i mean uh, yeah i would say check out one either the google or the ibm one if you're already in google to go ahead and finish that one up i think that will hold some weight and maybe look into maybe look into the cloud uh, because mm -hmm. if you if you have a ability to say okay i know how to do data analytics but i also know how the deployment works and what it's like to work in a cloud infrastructure, I think that would hold a lot more weight for you. So I know GCP has a bunch of free courses that you can do. AWS, you know, has a bunch of stuff. And then um, Lucky, she uh, got Azure. Azure cert. Okay. Yeah. Lucky, you got the Azure cert? Me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's good. Thank Big. you. Yeah. Big. I, looking, I wanted to do that in the cloud. Okay. That's where yeah. I'm headed. I don't have no Azure cert, but I'm also a systems <laughs> engineer. So I work with, I work in the cloud already doing Azure and then okay. um, 365 and stuff. Systems. Oh, nice. hey, you, what you waiting on? Then? You got to go get this. That's my layup for you. Oh, now I, I could, yeah. So I could go into the systems engineer stuff, but for me, like I'm tired of, it's like you have to learn all these different things. Because I know, dude, I'm a network engineer. I'm a cybersecurity guy. I fight the hackers. I set up <laughs> networks. I'm doing project management stuff. Like, it's just I'm doing so many things. I want to just be able to sit down with some Python and get into it and kind of just code more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and that, analyze that's, things. <laughs> that's the cover-up story. But the full story is he's a night trader. So I told him, man, you might as well just start, just start doing data since you like looking at charts and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, so, yeah. I like trading stocks too. Yes, I trade stocks. I, so I want to get into machine learning for that as well. Yeah. yeah. But my he, personal suggestion would be to take on two roles if you're going to do night trading, because then you could just have your code running while you're doing your trading and you're making money off of that. So, so that's why I wanted to even get into data because <laughs> he's not it, really it, a it, it, <laughs> this guy here. Yes, night, night traders don't exist. But <laughs> uh, okay, I was that's his sure. joke. That's his joke every time he does that. <laughs> but, it's called day trading. But um, no, that's actually why I wanted to get into data is because I already do IT and I love IT and I love I'm curious and I like to analyze things. Mm-hmm. I like to automate things. So while I was day trading, you know, I started realizing when Jamar was creating, you know, um, all about the data, he was telling me, hey, this kind of mix into, you know, trading. So I was like, OK, so I started looking at that and algorithms and machine learning. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. if I algorithmic trader. So that's what I'm learning now. But I said, you know what? Let me quote my job so I don't have to study systems engineer stuff like Kubernetes and all that stuff. And let me pivot into data so I could get into data analytics and get into data science. So I actually do machine learning, get paid for it, and then just use that skill to build on the day trading stuff as well. Yeah. Do you know, you, you are aware of how much a quant or algorithmic trader makes at Citadel, right? Oh no! I know what I Make a lot okay. of money. Okay, I just want make to a lot of money. What, you, what kind of trader? Uh, 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 algorithmic trader. Oh, quant trader. Okay. Oh, that's where Quant King J. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's all coming together. Quant King J. Building. I already know. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So that that's my little plan. But Jake, we can talk about that. You know. After. All right. You know. Finish the podcast. Hey, no, nah, li- I'm going to listen to you, man. Shit, I need some guidance on it. So it's just you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, that, you, got, you got a lot of wisdom. I need to talk to you, too, about the marketing and data science. Sound like you got some some gems from me. Uh, we might as well set up the two next Zoom calls right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to set you up, set you up for three and four. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we're going to just jump right into our Tech Titan part of the show real quick where we just uh, show love to... Um, uh, a tech titan that's you know contributing to the uh, data world um, tech community overall actually uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into it right quick tech titan drum roll please drum roll drum roll oh yeah this is a good one okay so our tech titan for this episode is ruby b uh, she's a digital project manager uh, she posts remote jobs every saturday on twitter um, remote jobs with transparent salaries, that's the key. So if you're wondering like what a certain salary is for a certain position, she's your go-to. Um, she also accepts requests for these um, posts. So for instance, like this week post is entry-level positions and international listings that has those transparent salaries. So um, if you're into that, which I'm sure everybody is because everyone, <laughs> everyone wants to know like what to make at their um, data job, Go on her Twitter and check it out. Um, it's her pinned tweet, so you don't have to do that much work. Just go straight to there, and it'll be a um, Google Sheet. She also has a Twitter thread for that um, post as well. It's sort of like a guide for how to get these jobs um, once you figure out the salary and what they what they make. So we're going to link her Twitter below. Um, so yeah, go ahead and go on there and show her some love. She also has her cash app that's on the Google Sheet. So if you're feeling very generous... Uh, go ahead and shout her out that way. But Ruby, we just want to thank you and we see the work that you're doing and we appreciate you. Fast, very fast. Two times for Ruby. Two times for Ruby. So that's that's what's up. So Jaquil, we appreciate you coming on, man, and dropping all these gems on the All About the Data podcast. Once again, for all the people tuning in, make sure you join the Discord. We at 3,000 plus members. Make sure you tune in to SQL Saturdays. Come study SQL with us. I ain't beefing with SQL no more. We okay now. We, 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 ain't, we ain't all the way friends yet, but we acquaintances. So, you know, come study with us. We, we are now live on YouTube and Twitter for SQL Saturdays. So we got some good stuff cracking with that. Um, also, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, LinkedIn, Facebook. We on Facebook now too. We've been on there, but it was dry. But I just put some water on it. <laughs> 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 
What is Jaquel's Discord again? I ain't get it. Oh, we'll put that in there too. We'll we'll put the link uh for Jaquel's Discord in the, yeah. in the uh so let's get let's get Jaquil Discord to three thousand plus members so we could torture him every day with questions. Oh boy. <laughs> but, but we gonna go ahead and sign out all about the data, baby. Peace. Jafar, you gotta stop the recording. Thank you very much. Cause oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love peace signs. Boy, press pause. <laughs>